It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That crazy starts with an earthquake, birds, snakes, and aeroplanes. Many fruits are not afraid. I have a freaking listen to yourself, the world with its own needs. Something to your own head, beat it up, and I've seen got no seats. The ladder puts the platter with the fear fight down. Like fire in a fire, the fire, the gangs, the government for hire in the combat site. But you wasn't coming in a hurry, the jury beat it down your neck. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Your source for information on how to succeed if everything else fails. And now, your hosts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. It's the hour of Christmas Doom. No, <laughs> Christmas Bloom. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas and welcome to the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour, an hour of holiday happiness in a horrific world. I'm Joe Alton, MD, also known as Dr. Bones of doomandbloom.net, where you'll find over 900, wow, 900, posts, videos, and podcasts on medical preparedness for any disaster. And I'm Amy Alton. I'm an advanced registered nurse practitioner and a certified nurse midwife. And a heck of a gal, the hostess with the mostess. On this show, we are the dynamic duo. We are a perfect pair of... Insert your own P. Insert your own P. (laughs) Word that starts with P there. The gang of two and all we're here for is simply to help you keep it together. In this holiday season, we're going to be talking about that today, even if everything else falls apart. Hey, friends and neighbors, have you been injured in an accident? With a rebellious reindeer, well, you may say that you've been nice, but Santa knows whether you were naughty with that reindeer. We'll have to see. Well, our attorney does say, don't call me, call Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, and listen to this. All information given and opinions voiced on Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's Survival Medicine Hour are for entertainment purposes only and do not represent medical advice for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. No contract or provider-patient relationship exists or is implied between the hosts and listeners. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy strongly urge their audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever and wherever it is available. That's right. Take advantage of modern medicine, high technology, and all those other wonderful things before the you-know-what hits the fan. But you know what? You're going to be very well served if you know what to do for injuries and illnesses in times of trouble. That shows that you are smart. Yep, that you gots you a brain. And But you know what would be smarter still? Get some supplies and a good medical kit. That, I think, makes a lot of sense. And you might even consider getting it from the beautiful nurse Amy here. She has an entire line of often imitated, never-equaled medical kits at store.doomandbloom.net. That's, Thank, that, 
is very sweet of you. Thank you so much for saying that. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm always open to giving a shameless plug where it's deserved. <laughs> well, you know what? I just want to mention something. We're going to be talking about uh, surviving Christmas if you're lonely or helping others who might be lonely. And um, I just wanted to let people know that you and I, although um, we could give nice gifts are actually just giving love. We're giving love. That's right. To love each other. And a, a pro- uh, to us, to each other, to yes. To each other. Well, we don't need to give each other exactly anything. We've got everything because we I'm, have each other. That's right. And I, that's right. I bet a lot of people don't even think of that. You know, you think, oh, I have to get something. I have to. But for several years now, we don't buy each other gifts. I mean, we hug each other and we sing Christmas carols and we cook dinner for uh, your family. Sometimes my family comes too. But it's more a matter of memories and love for us. So the Christmas spirit is strong in this household and it has nothing to do with gifts. That's right. Well, we do decorate a little bit. Though. Oh, you you decorate beautifully. Oh, well, thank you I love much. your Christmas decorations. <laughs> it makes the festive holiday more spiritual. Even more, uh, yes, <laughs> there, there you go. I love it. Hey, out there, what is the gist, physicists out there? You know what? We learn more from you guys than you do from us, so please connect with us. It is so easy, and here is the lovely nurse Amy to tell you. Absolutely. Contact us by email at drbonespodcast at aol.com. Find us on Facebook at our group Survival Medicine, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. We have a couple of Facebook pages, Doom and Bloom and Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy Show. We also have a personal page, which is Joe Alton, MD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forced by Facebook to do that one. You can follow us on Twitter at Prepper Show. And don't forget our YouTube channel. I'm actually working on four videos for you. Yes. Well, it's been a while. <laughs> we got to get our videos. I know. Got to get my video on. Silly me, silly <laughs> me. But our YouTube channel is DR Bones Nurse Amy. Our other podcast is all about current events and politics, and it is Survival, excuse me, American American Survival Survival Radio. Radio. And tell the folks where it's also broadcast from. Oh, you can also find us broadcast from KPJ. Well, of course, we're broadcast initially from Genesis Communications. You can find that on GCNlive.com. But we're also broadcast from Relevant News Talk Radio out of Salem, Oregon. That's KPJC. Mm Mm-hmm. And also the voice of Lubbock, Texas, Radio KRFE. Thanks so much, guys, for replaying our shows. And speaking of replaying... Prepper Broadcasting Network. This show, yes. yes. USA Broadcast Emergency Broadcasting Network. By the way, Prepper Broadcasting Network also replays American Survival Radio. Yes. And Shake and Wake Radio with our good friends there. And... Survival Central Radio, and I think some other ones that I am not mentioning. If you are replaying our show, please let us know. Yes. (laughs) Because we'd love to mention you. And thank you very much. Hey, and listen, don't forget to see us when we travel the country spreading the good word of disaster medical preparedness. The next show we're going to be at is where? RK Prepper Show in Huntsville, Alabama. I have to say I have never been to Alabama. I'm excited. I think we've driven through, but... To actually do a show that is January 7th and 8th. We will be having a suture class there. We'll be in Nolens, 
I see you wrote Nolens. Nolens. (laughs) Louisiana. Louisiana. March 4th and 5th, and that is an NPS Expo. And I have a whole calendar filled. I've got to get all that up. I think I have a schedule for 11 or 12 shows this year so far. Wow. (laughs) Crazy. Get Get your traveling boots on, baby. I think that it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to see some places we have not been to before. And we are looking forward to meeting all you nice folks out there. I hope that you'll come and see our free lectures, uh, take our suture class perhaps, uh, get one of our medical kits. Uh, We're going to be having our entire line at each of these shows. Or just come by and say hi. Say hi. Say hello. Absolutely. And my my upcoming bit here that you're about to listen to is uh, about surviving loneliness during Christmas. So it's it's not terribly depressing. It's got a lot of hints and tips, and I hope you'll take a listen. And here it is. I want to take this time to discuss a difficult topic and one that's quite personal for me because I had to deal with it many times um, as a divorced mother who had to share her children at Christmas time and unfortunately Thanksgivings, I had to learn some coping mechanisms. And this time of year is really difficult on a lot of people. I'm going to call this this topic Lonely Christmas Survival. And if I get choked up every once in a while, I'm sorry because although I do have my husband, Dr. Bones and his family who will be joining us for Christmas Eve. I I will be cooking. My children are unable to join me this year. They are adults already, but one of them is living in Chicago and she's spending Christmas with her love of her life. They're not married or engaged yet, but they're going to visit his family and my youngest who just moved to New York City in June, after graduating her bachelor's degree, is stuck in New York City because of work. And she's working today and tomorrow. So she couldn't come down either. And so this is kind of for her and you know what, kind of for a lot of other people who are dealing with situations that may not be within your power to change. So hopefully... Um, after discussing this issue a little bit, you might have some coping mechanisms, some tips, some ideas on how to make this not such a lonely time. And you can avoid a blue Christmas. I also want to mention that um, some of these things that I got uh, that I'm discussing with you are mine from me, and some of them are from a website called Earth Easy. And Another one is actually from WebMD. So, you know, some of these are mine, some of these are theirs. They're going to be mixed up a little bit. But one thing to remember is you can avoid a blue Christmas. It's difficult to estimate how many people are actually going to be spending Christmas alone this year. The portion of adults living alone is around 16%. That's that's much higher than I thought. I knew there's a lot of lonely people, but... Certainly 16% sounds pretty high for Americans, and it's actually nearly double the number that were um, alone 
in the early 70s. So we've had a you know significant increase in people um, who just are by themselves. People might really feel uncomfortable and unsure about Christmas, says Barbara Bloomfeld, a counseling supervisor and author of a book called The Relate Guide to Finding Love. She goes on to say this may be the result of pressure to conform to a social idea presented by the media. Buying, spending, eating, drinking, dressing up, going on, and interacting in a small space with others. However, according to Barbara, aloneness or being single at Christmas doesn't have to equate to loneliness. They are not the same thing. In fact, she suggests more and more people will opt to be alone, perhaps encouraged by interactions afforded by the Internet, which enables friends and family to communicate even when they're apart. And we're actually going to be talking about that um, later on uh, in the tips. Uh, She also says that I would imagine we will see more and more people wanting to please themselves and not conform, reflecting changing patterns in communicating and socializing. Uh, There are some people who feel lonely and unhappy during this year, this time of the year. Their loneliness may come from different things could be a loss of a loved one through death separation by physical distance or through breakups like divorces or just breakups other reasons might be that the person is just too busy maybe they're working they have a lot of responsibility and they can't go to christmas parties or family dinners um maybe it's their choice You know, just because someone wants to be alone on Christmas doesn't mean that they're lonely. So here are some tips. Okay, stop excluding yourself and go out. Barbara says, have a plan. Don't be alone by default because you've avoided thinking about it. Your plan could be anything. Cleaning your apartment, taking a long walk, or even reading a novel with your feet up. If you're feeling lonely and down this Christmas holiday, instead of clinging to that feeling of, oh, it's going to be horrible, I'm going to be sad, I don't feel like anybody wants me to be with them during the holiday, um, which of course would only worsen your loneliness, push yourself. Try to attend holiday parties or parties or gatherings. Um, I'm sure there's lots out there that people could choose from if if they wanted to. Um, Maybe these are held by close friends or family or just the community you live in or a school program or at work. Maybe you don't have any of those and we'll talk about some other things that you can do. Attending Christmas holiday parties is a chance for you to meet different kinds of people. By meeting these different kinds of people that perhaps you're not a social socializing with in your exact workspace, you might meet some people that you can become friends with in the year 2017. So try to keep yourself surrounded by lots of people, if that's your choice, but especially happy, positive people. And you won't feel as lonely as you might have. Perhaps you want to do something different. Um, take a plane trip. Christmas Day is actually the quietest time of the year 
at airports that one day. Now, the day before is crazy. <laughs> if you want to be around a lot of people, go hang out at an airport. In fact, I heard, which I thought was really cool just a little while ago on television, that they're going to have service dogs at a lot of airports. And the reason they're bringing these service dogs is to keep people calm because it's very stressful going to the airport, especially if you're dragging a large family with you. You've got to check in. You've got all your baggage. People might be hungry or cranky, especially sitting on the plane for a long period of time. So they are bringing service dogs to the airport. So if you don't have a pet and you want to go hang out with a pet, you might want to call your airport and ask them if they're going to have some service dogs. Hey, parking might not be easy, but it might be worth it just to sit there and pet a dog and just get unconditional love. Ooh, you might want to visit the Humane Society. I know it's difficult because, of course, I know every time we go near a Humane Society, Dr. Bones and I both have the uh, the pull. It's like a gravitational pull to go in there. And I know if I do that I will want to adopt every single dog there. But if you know that's not possible, that you can't bring home a puppy on Christmas, you might want to go visit them. Who goes to visit Humane Society on Christmas? Not too many people. You know what? Spend some time with a cat or a dog. I don't know if they have some other animals these days, but go hang out with them. They will be so appreciative. And you know what? They won't ask anything from you. So that's a nice little hint. Reach out to old friends and family. You are given 365 days in a year, but much of it we spend involved in our own goings-on. What's happening? What do I have to do today? What did I have to do yesterday? What am I going to have to do for the next week? And as a result, most of us are working so hard and so focused that we neglect to find time really to chill out with family and friends. In fact, Dr. Bones and I were just talking with our friends Charlie and Courtney Hogwood via Skype and we're like, wait, when are we going to get together for dinner? Well, we can't do it this weekend. Oh, well, we're going to go away that weekend. And, oh, we have, to, we have to do something this weekend. It's just, it becomes like this never-ending, we've got to get together, but you never do. But now is the time to reach out to maybe the friends that you're in contact, but maybe with old friends, too. Maybe people you haven't talked to in a long time. It doesn't mean they don't love you or think about you or care about you. It's just they're probably caught up in their own busy, busy life. But somebody's got to reach out. And maybe it'll be you. And maybe they'll say, hey, I'm having a dinner. Please, please come join us. I would be so happy if you would come and hang out with us. I've missed you. You never know what you're going to hear from an old friend. So don't be afraid to initiate. It just might be the answer to your situation. And as they say, if you want something, you have to ask. Now, this is another hint from me. And again, I, obviously, I just told you that we have spoken to friends that, you know, don't live down the street. And they're a few hour, couple hours away. Um, but we Skype. I Skype with my dad, um, my children. And it's a way for me to see them get I don't know. There's just something about looking at somebody. 
And by the way, Skype is free. I don't pay anything for it. You can even get a phone number for Skype. As long as you have internet and a computer, uh, you should be able to do that. You can even do this um, FaceTime. I've only done that a couple of times. But yeah, you can walk around with your phone. You know, go outside and show your friends and family, hey, look where I live and look at my garden and look at the whatever, this tree, this bird, whatever. Have a conversation. But interact. So arrange a call, maybe a video chat with faraway friends or family, or maybe somebody who just lives down the street, and they're, you're both snowed in. Maybe you can get a few friends on the call and make it a party. Say, hey, 2 o'clock, we're going to get on this chat, and we're going to talk, and we're just going to have a little party together, even though you're not in person. So what I'm saying is even short conversations – can bring you a sense of togetherness, a, a lessening of a loneliness, and happiness. And that happiness might last through the day in the evening. And you wake up smiling the next day and saying, oh, you know what? We had such a great time on that 10-minute chat or the 15-minute chat. It doesn't have to be hours. Give me a small portion of the day. But you talk to somebody. Now, also remember, social media has totally given people who are alone a place to chat, come together with people who either are on the same page or maybe they're not on the same page. Maybe you've joined a group that's completely something you might not even agree with, but you have civil conversation about it. Maybe it's an environmental thing, um, a climate change issue, a a political thing. Obviously, if you're being negative, it's that's not forming friendships. But you know what? People can have different opinions and actually have conversations and still be friends. And I think that's something shocking to, to some people right now. Um, maybe those who might not have won the election might not be too happy with those who feel that they did pick the winner. So... Listen to others. Let's try to have civil conversations. But the most important thing that I feel is that you can give advice that's not negative, that is very much in a positive way, and be a listening ear. Even though you might feel the loneliness, listening to someone else talk about their problem or their situation or their divorce or or they're not spending time with their children who are at their exes, or their children have moved out, or now maybe it's the first Christmas they're at college. Boy, was that sad. It's still sad for me. But, you know, there's, there's always other people have problems, and sometimes listening to their problems and helping them makes you feel good about yourself. So be a shoulder to lean on and help others as well as let them help you, too. Share your feelings. I mean, you don't have to lay a bunch of negative stuff on people, but you can explain, hey, you know, oh, this really stinks. I'm alone. I wish I wasn't. And you will be surprised. Good, wonderful people are out there, and they're wanting and willing to help you. And us helping each other makes everyone feel good. Some other things you could do. Volunteer 
um, at a cause or an event. During Christmas, there are many charitable events and causes formed by different organizations, seek them out, that serve to help and make the season merrier for less fortunate people, such as the poor and also the sick. Think of hospitals, visiting children in hospitals. They probably won't just let you off the street and go wandering the pediatric unit, but there are volunteer groups that vet you, make sure you're not some weirdo, and then, you know, give you a little name tag or a little smock or something. And then they say, okay, everybody's going to show up at 2 o'clock and we're going to go visit all the children and we're going to sing songs or we're going to bring them some handmade gifts or we're going to do little projects with them. And they're going to draw Christmas cards, something, something like that. It, it, It just... Again, giving of yourself, but being around others who appreciate what you're doing makes you feel good and certainly less lonely. And then you can say, I remember that Christmas. I went and I did this and everybody was happy and I met some new people. You make new friends. Expand your world so you're not so lonely. And I tell you what, loneliness has to be one of my biggest fears I think I would rather be standing on the top of a skyscraper than be not not necessarily alone, but feel the sense of loneliness. But again, they're two different things. That that feeling of loneliness to me is is very very scary. Uh, I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but again, it's not about being alone. It's about that agony, that sense of nobody cares, nobody is thinking about you. Just that feeling of loneliness just to me is like, ugh, terrible. So that's why I'm, not only is this good for you guys, I'm, this is a little advice for me in case I'm ever in this situation myself. Um, the benefit of joining these kind of volunteers, uh, events, is that it will give you a different sense of happiness when you are able to help. It's also an opportunity to realize that your situation may not be as bad as you think it is. And that there are always people who are less fortunate and lonelier than than you are. So get inspiration and strength from them. I think that's really, really important. Another thing you can think about doing is giving gifts to people around you. Now, I think personally what we've just been discussing is giving gifts to other people. You're giving yourself. But actually giving gifts is one of the famous activities during Christmas holiday season. The act of giving is a symbol of remembering people in your lives as well as a way to share your own blessings, passing on maybe you had a successful year. And so you want to share that with others. Doesn't mean that you're better or that your more expensive gift is a way to show off. It, it's a way of sharing your successes with others. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And that's how people should look at it. Just because you're able to give a little more doesn't mean you're better. Not at all. In fact, a sure way to make someone happy to make yourself happy is to make someone else happy.
That's that's what's really important. Cure your loneliness by making someone else happy. So the gift giving, again, like we were just talking about, can be yourself, can be your time, can be your shoulder that you that they were leaning on, can be your advice. Sometimes the greatest gift is advice. If you are going to give gifts, you can give people gifts. Maybe you don't have the friends and family around. Maybe, maybe you are alone. So give people like your maintenance personnel, uh, guards, uh, people at your grocery store, um, the the mail deliverer. Maybe it's your UPS guy or gal that you see all the time, or FedEx. <laughs> not just one or the other. Um, maybe it's your bus driver or a taxi driver you met who was super nice. Can't say that I met any of those in New York City, but I'm sure they were out there. Other places, Uber drivers. Maybe you had a great Uber driver who not only drove you somewhere, but told you all about the place that you were because this is the first time you're there and you didn't know where this building was or the history of the city or something interesting and they were just really nice so a gift to somebody is just to say I appreciate you I care about you it's it's not saying you know here's this awesome thing that I'm doing for you if you have that attitude you should not be giving gifts you need to just stop giving gifts and start volunteering and when you realize that love and giving of yourself is the most important thing, then you can start giving gifts again because that's where it has to start from. You don't need to give an expensive gift, especially during Christmas. Give a simple gift. Give a card. Make something. Mature adults appreciate handmade gifts, I think, more than store-bought. I would rather have something that somebody carved or cooked or sewed or made. We had somebody bring us a bag of homemade soaps at a show. I, I didn't know these people. It was a husband and a wife, young, and they have children, and they have a store on Etsy. I actually have to go get that name of the store. But they sell soaps. She makes these soaps. They are amazing. They smell so good. And the reason she brought us this bag of soaps was just to say thank you for the articles that we put out for the podcast. Just to say thank you for what we do. I was crying. This husband and wife, and I think she was probably the soap maker, took the time to make them, put them in little individual bags and write on them the ingredients and what they're for and bring them to us. It was just so amazing. And there's a lot of people out there that have, have done wonderful things like that. And again, it's not about the gift. It was about the act of them doing that, the appreciation. And I feel the same way when people just say hi and say, Thanks for what you do. Because you know what? My husband does work. I don't know. He's not like Trump. He doesn't get four hours of sleep, but it's, it's nearly that. And 
when he's not sleeping, he's thinking about you guys out there. He's thinking about what he can write, who he's going to write for. He has magazines that ask him for articles all the time. While I am talking to you right now, he's trying to script the rest of the show. He's trying to script another show that we do. He's got two different articles for two different magazines that he's writing. And then somebody else wrote and asked him to write tips on hangovers because people are going to be having hangovers and they want to put that out as a press release for interviews. So, wow, (laughs) this is what he does. And I'm right there along with him. So, you know, when people say that they appreciate the work, it makes us feel like this is worth it. Like somebody is listening to us. So give of yourself. Give handmade gifts. Draw a card. I I did this for my children. I've done this for my father. Take crayons. Hey, just because you're older than five years old doesn't mean you can't pick up crayons. Crayons are awesome. Colored pencils if you want to be, you know, not use the crayon thing. Colored pencils. They have some great colored pencils out these days. Draw a card. It can be a little Christmas tree with a star on top of it. Merry Christmas. I love you. That's it. That's awesome. Or I appreciate you. Thank you. And sign your name. They will be so happy. It'll probably be the best gift that they got. Focus on your thoughts, on what you have. And again, I don't mean material. What you have instead of what you don't have. Okay? What kind of person are you? What have you achieved? How are you helping others? That's what you have. That's what you have to offer. If you focus on what you don't have, I don't have a Christmas party to go to. Guess what? Dr. Bones and I did not and have not in a few years had a Christmas party to go to. You know why? Because we don't officially have nine to five jobs. We don't do that anymore. So it's just him and I. So we haven't been invited to a Christmas party in many years. Kind of sad about that because, you know, it's nice to dress up and go to a party and hang out with a bunch of people, but we don't have that. Every once in a while, it kind of makes me sad. But it is what it is. So, you know, it happens to us too. During the joyous season, cure your loneliness by doing the opposite. Focus your thoughts, again, on what you have instead of what you don't have. Be grateful for all the blessings that you have, the opportunities that you've had this year. Once you start pinpointing the things that you're grateful for and blessed with this year, because maybe your list of the things that were so bad is pretty big, but I'm sure there's at least a handful of things that you are grateful for and you were blessed for this year. And you know what number one is? Is that you're alive and you're breathing and hopefully, hopefully you're healthy. If you're not, you're getting healthy. I'm sure you're going to realize that your life may not be as bad as you think it is. Especially if you have volunteered and seen the more unfortunate or been into a hospital. There are some folks probably listening out there that have never had a, a reason, a cause, and, and thank goodness you haven't, to step into a hospital. If you see how sick, how much pain, how much suffering there is in this world, 
and especially with with little innocent children. I, I could hardly stand going into the pediatric wards. It just it just gutted me. And that was in nursing school, and I hadn't even had a baby yet. I just absolutely would go home and just cry every day. Sometimes I would well up with tears in the in the ward. I just it's so hard to handle. But when you see that, you realize it could be so much worse, your life. And you could be grateful that, you know what, you weren't sick when you were a child. Maybe you're sick now, but you weren't sick when you were three or two or 12. So you could be grateful for that. Maybe you got through your childhood as a healthy person. There are a lot that don't. So, again, you can think in the positive side that there's always something to be grateful for. Christmas without family. Again, I I feel I have family because I have my husband, and he is my family, number one. But I'm not. I don't have my children, and that's really sad. Um, so I've got to try to look on positive things. So if you're somebody with children that would have typically been with you but are spending the day with the former spouse or partner, try to put those differences with that partner aside. And I know it's it's really hard, <laughs> believe me. Um, but remember, it's not about you. It's about the children. Their memories are being formed on each one of these Christmases. And they only have 17 or 18. That's it. If you think about each one of those, and the significant memories that can change the way they look at the holiday season. You need to make sure each and every one of those is filled with as many good memories as possible. And that doesn't mean saying, well, you could be with me if your daddy wasn't such a Grinch and had to go to the judge and say, well, I get them this on even years and you can stay with mommy on odd years. Even if that happened, you can't say it. You can't do that. It's not their, shouldn't put it on them. Don't put that on their shoulders. Don't put that in their head. They don't need that. What they need to know is that two people who brought them into the world, even if those two people hate each other bitterly, that they love the child. And they will do anything to make them have a happy and Merry Christmas. And again, that doesn't mean giving more expensive gifts than the other spouse. That's not it. It's about spending time with mommy. Maybe you guys play a game. Maybe you draw together. Again, maybe do an art project. Maybe do some sort of craft. Maybe you cook. Maybe you make an apple pie together. And that smell and that memory of that apple pie if the child is old enough, might linger in their minds till the moment they die. And every Christmas they remember that apple pie that they made with you. It doesn't have to be something like Disney World or something expensive. The act of a memory with a child, especially something that has a smell, is really cool. Maybe you can make some soaps with them. You learn how to make soap. You make them together. You add... You know, have some different kinds of essential oils and you let the child pick 
What smell do you like, Susie? Do you, do you like this lavender? What do you think about this rose? Ooh, do you like lemon? Why don't we make you some lemon lavender soap? And you can use that in your bath. How cool. What child is going to forget that? Again, once they're a certain age. Two-year-old is not going to remember that. And they're probably going to want to put that soap in their mouth. So that's not a good thing to do. So again, remember that it is about the children. Prepare the children for the day. Make sure that you tell them that it's going to be a little different if this is the first year that you've had to split them. Maybe you have a half a day and they have a half a day. And tell them you're starting some new traditions. Put it positively. Again, no doom and gloom. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. Oh my gosh, we hate each other and we're going to, you know, ruin you children. Don't, you, don't, don't do that. We're starting some new traditions. It's going to be different, but that doesn't mean it's going to be bad. Positive. If you are not with them or if you're with them during the, only the first time half of the day and they were going to open their Christmas the second half or open their presents the second half, call your children. Tell them, listen, we're going to talk at 2 o'clock and hopefully you can get on a video call with them and you tell them to enjoy their day without worrying about you. Don't worry about mom. Mom's going to be great. Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. I'm going to have a great day. I'm going to do this and this and this and this. Make sure that your children are not worrying about you when they're not there with you. Okay? That's important. Don't, don't make them think about that. Again, we're trying to create 18 awesome Christmases. Okay? You only get those many chances and then that's it because they go off. They go to college. They make their own families. You're lucky if you see them. There's a lot of people who don't get to see their kids every year at Christmas because they've got their own lives. You can watch your children open their gifts over a video chat. You need to feel emotionally strong. And I know you guys hear the quiver in my voice because I've experienced some of these terrible things. You have to be really strong. You have to say these things to your kids with a smile and with a sincerity that you mean at that moment. And maybe you don't mean it five minutes later. Right then, you really, really mean that this is all going to be fine and it's going to be cool and you're going to talk to each other and you're going to go on the video and maybe the kids left a couple gifts for you and you say, I don't want to open it without you. So if you really want me to open it on Christmas, we're going to get on FaceTime or Facebook Live or, or something, Skype, and you're going to see mommy open the gifts that you gave so you can see how happy I am. Or make a second Christmas. It does not, Christmas in a child is not December 25th in their head. It's when mommy and daddy say Christmas is. So if daddy says, well, it's the 25th for him, mommy can say, listen, that's great, but Christmas for us is going to be the 23rd or the 24th or the 27th when I have you back and we're going to have the whole day and we're going to have our own special Christmas and we're going to have the only Christmas that day, which is even super, super special. They don't have to know that it might be happening with other kids. 
but your special day doesn't have to be because it is the date. Make it a memory, a time, a special thing. Now, this is a really hard thing to talk about. Grief at Christmas. There are many ways in which the death of a loved one may take it, may make it difficult for you to celebrate Christmas. Now, we've, we've moved on from the kids. We're, we're not talking about children and grief. We're just talking about you as an adult have lost somebody. Maybe you lost them previously during the past festive season, just before, after Christmas, maybe around Thanksgiving or New Year's. And marking the anniversary so close to Christmas can really, really be difficult. I, I I don't wish death on anyone. I especially don't wish it on certain days, Mother's Day, Father's Day, your birthday. I mean, there's just some days that just please just it's so awful because you you always are going to remember that day it was happy and now it's not and it just it's just terrible so this might be your first christmas without your loved one or even if you lost them several years ago you might still find it difficult to celebrate in their absence grief grief can be forever you know it it, it loosens up but I lost my mom when I was 17, and that was many, 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 many years ago, and I still feel it. So it gets better, but you don't always forget. So what's most important is to remember that bereavement is unique and that it's and that different people are going to be affected in different ways. And this is from someone named Paul Williams. Obviously, I know this too, but specifically from him. He is a helpline manager at Cruise Bereavement Care, and he says, January is a very busy month for our helpline, which reflects the pressures bereavement can have during the Christmas period and at New Year when those who are bereaved may be struggling to look forward. Of course, what do we do New Year's Eve? We think about the happy year that's to come. That's difficult if you've lost somebody recently or in the past. Sometimes that's really tough. And Paul also goes on to say that he believes bereaved people may feel under pressure to enjoy themselves at Christmas regardless of how they're feeling inside. That's tough. The person who is bereaved may rightly or wrongly feel that other people expect them to have a jolly Christmas. And he points to a client who had recently lost her husband. She was invited to spend Christmas with her son and daughter-in-law and their children, but felt so concerned that she would spoil everyone's Christmas by being unhappy that she decided not to go. And he says the result was that this upset her son. In this instance, instance, the pressure to have a jolly Christmas came from the bereaved person herself rather than the expectations of others. I really believe and I'm sure this is the truth that the son just wanted mom not to be alone just come be with us he didn't expect her to laugh at jokes and be jolly and smiling because he knew that wasn't going to happen but he wanted to be there for her but she felt that she was going to spoil the Christmas you need to not look at that you deserve to be sad if something terrible happens to you And nobody can put a time limit on how long you're allowed to feel sad. So don't let someone say to you, well, that's been six months. Aren't you over this already? Well, no, I'm not. And I may never actually be over it, but I feel a little bit better. 
So don't want anyone to put a time expectation. And I'm sure that son wasn't doing that. I'm sure he just wanted mom to be around so she wasn't alone. So Paul suggests that family and friends refrain from making the bereaved person feel pressured to join in with the happy Christmas. However, if any family member does feel under pressure, it can be helpful to talk openly and honest with them in advance. In advance. In advance is really important. So there's expectations. Um, something which is likely to ensure that there's a supportive environment when Christmas actually comes. So you talk about it. You say, listen, son, you know, I know you, you might think that I'm going to be happy, but, you know, when the kids are opening the presents, I might actually have a few tears remembering when you were opening your gifts and dad was with me. You know, so th- memories come back. It's like a stress post-traumatic stress syndrome things emerge that you might not even have anticipated but if you talk about it it might help Uh, those who are bereaved and who do not have family that they will see over Christmas may may want to see if they can meet with others over Christmas or they may decide to spend time on their own adds Paul different people find different ways of coping some local organizations may organize a Christmas lunch which can be designed for those on their own. So they have a lunch for people who were going to be alone. And everyone gets together, and now they're not alone. And maybe that group is a bereavement group. So they all get it. They all understand. So how do you help those who are bereaved? If you know someone who's bereaved, it can be helpful to try and understand how Christmas may be a particularly difficult time for them. There are many ways that we can help someone who is bereaved And over the years, he says this might be helpful that he's found. Be there. This is the things you do. Be there for the person who's grieving. Pick up the phone if they call. Pick up the phone and call them. Write a letter, email, call, or go visit. Arrange a visit. Accept that everyone grieves in their own way. Like I just said, there's no normal way. Some people scream, some people cry, some people clam up and say nothing. Encourage the person to talk if they're willing and listen to them. Don't constantly be telling them how they can get over this. Listen. Create an environment in which the bereaved person can be themselves, show their feelings, rather than having to put up a front. If you are expected to have lunch with somebody and that person expects you to smile during the entire lunch, it's probably not the person that you need to go have lunch with. You need to have someone who's going to let you cry if you want to cry and not make a big deal of it. Be aware that grief can last a long time. It's another thing I just said. Some people, I can't imagine if you really, really love somebody that you ever truly get over it. They're always in your heart. You always think of them at times. Contact that person at difficult times, especially anniversaries and birthdays of the person that passed. Offer practical help. Don't. Don't. These are the don'ts. Don't avoid someone who has been bereaved. Don't use cliches such, oh, I understand how you feel. You'll get over it and time heals. No, no, it actually doesn't. Tell them it's time to move on. Don't do that. How long a person needs to grieve is entirely a matter for them. Just like I said. 
Taking care of yourself if you are bereaved. This is self-care. Talk to other people about the person who has died and about your memories or feelings. That's that person that you're having lunch with that so you know it's okay to cry. Look after yourself. Eat properly and try to get enough rest even if you can't sleep. Seek help. Give yourself time and permission to grieve. Get support. I'm going to say it again. Get help. Get support. It might not be a doctor. It might not be a nurse practitioner. It might not be your family. Maybe it's a bereavement group who has been through what you are going through. And tell people what you need. Tell your family what you need. I need someone to cook for me. I need somebody to bring meals to me. I can't, I can't go in the kitchen. I can't cook for one person. I can't do it. I, I need help going places. I, I can't go by myself. I need someone to go to a movie with me. Don't isolate yourself. Do not. Not answer the phone as the bereaved person. Don't shut yourself up in the house and stop talking to people. Don't shut off your Twitter and your Facebook account. Don't turn your phone off. Don't take the phone on the at the house off of the, the ringer. And don't lock the door and put a sign on it. Leave me alone. That is not going to help you. Not talking is not going to help you. Don't keep your emotions bottled up. And don't think you're weak for needing help. We all need help at some point in our lives. Don't feel guilty if you're struggling to cope. And don't turn to drugs or alcohol. The relief will only be temporary. I hope that these are things that can help you guys. Um, It's been a difficult subject. I do wish everyone a very Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. And we're here for you guys if you need us. Merry Christmas.